Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's interview podcast. I am out on the northwest side in a terrific new theater space, and it is at Filament Theater, 4041 North Milwaukee Avenue. I'm getting there. They're all, my guests are waving. I got the address right. And this is a terrific area that it, that is in progress. And they have a current show. So I want to have each of you introduce yourself so that we know who we're speaking with. Hi, I'm Jackie Interest. I'm the program manager here at Filament Theater. Okay. I'm Christian Libinati, and I'm the managing director of Filament. I'm Peter Oilo, and I'm the marketing director of Filament. Okay, great. You guys have a show that reminds me of, of some of the Red Moon stuff when they were in their prime. <laughs> Christian, tell us about the show. Sure. Well, the show is it's the Snow Queen, and we use puppets and masks and to, to help tell the story of um, Kai and Gerda and, and the Snow Queen and how uh, Gerda has to travel to the Snow Queen to get her. Quick question. It's yes. a, it's an original show. It's not the Michael Smith musical that was played at Victory Gardens a right. couple of years back. Right. This show was originally created at the American Repertory Theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, though I guess three, two or three years ago now. And um, the show has been done. It was done there, and then it was done at Wayne State University. And um, and this is the third time it's been produced. Um, but the, the different thing about this show is it's the first time it's been in more of a black box immersive experience. It is amazing. <laughs> so tell, I mean, you have all this stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, previously the show was done with, I believe, nine actors and then a cast almost of 20 actors. We performed the show with six actors. And this kind of adds to the the wonder of the show because it's not only this wonderful story but it's the way in which we're able to make it snow make a reindeer run at light speed you know how we can um all sorts of you know pull out all the magic yeah it's it's a borderline children's show Right. In a way it is. So it's children friendly because there were kids at the performance I was just at and and they were they were mesmerized. It was I didn't hear anyone say I want to go home. You know, kids will speak up to them. I don't like that one up. They loved it. Right. It's it it was originally created as a children's show. And what we've done is we worked with the playwright to um, up the age a bit as well as by having only six actors um, we it's almost the you see the virtuosity of everybody you see everybody making all the magic happen which which makes it some uh, something wonderful for adults to watch happen as well as yeah adults. you get ca- you get caught up into the stagecraft yes yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah it's it, it, and it stimulates your imagination which is what theater is really all about yeah yeah we've um, we've always been a theater about um, about sharing the magic with the audience but uh, the way you use simple things to tell the story and uh, tell us about the masks sure well we're um, the original mask design was done by Michael Kane originally at the American Repertory Theater and now here we're using some of Michael's puppets but we're also working with Jeff Semmerling who made new puppets for our production and it's particularly exciting to work with Jeff because not only is he an amazingly accomplished mask maker um, one of the only mask makers in the country. I mean, he's really... Yeah, and he's tops. done Equus and a bunch of things. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Um, but he's also just two floors up from us. He's on the third floor of this building. Um, so he's in our community and, and the other part of Filament is really working with the people who, who live in this community and who support this community so that we can all grow together. Yeah, that's that's terrific. And so this is a 65-70 minute show, mm -hmm. so it's it's fine for children. And I noticed the adults were really getting into it, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, everybody loves to throw snow onto the audience, yeah. right? So if you're given the opportunity to, to come sit down at a table, we welcome you with some hot chocolate and, and welcome you directly into the and world. And you got of some show. music, some songs, and a song about the roses at the beginning that, that gets blended. What's the instrument that was. Oh, it was a, it's a mountain mountain guitar. It's a mountain it's guitar. A, yeah, because it's not like a guitar. It looked like like a Russian instrument. Right, <laughs> right. It's one of those little little theater tricks where it's it's just it's strung like a guitar, but it looks different. But it just looks different. <laughs> so well, it gives it tell back. us what when the show is running. Yes, it runs now through February 9th. February, and when do you play? We play Friday nights at seven thirty. Saturdays at 3 p.m. and 7.30. That's good for the kids. Yeah, yep. that's very good. And then Sunday at 3 o'clock um, this weekend. And then our final weekend, there's a show on Sunday at 5 p.m. is the final show. Oh, great. And what's the tickets? Tickets are $20 okay. um, per ticket. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Well, that's a nice way to start out. <laughs> I have to ask the young lady about what, what you do for Philip. Absolutely. What, so, <laughs> what is your title? My name is, uh, it's the program manager. Program manager. What does the program manager do? She does a lot. We throw many programs at her. <laughs> um, I, I supervise a couple of things. So I'm, I'm in charge of our um, development, um, and it's the first time we've ever had a dedicated person um, taking care of our donors, making sure there's really excellent stewardship of the gifts we're being given, um, and somebody really helming our fundraising efforts. Um, I'm also in charge of starting up our education department. Um, my background is in education. I have I went to Harvard for education. Um, wow, so, Harvard. <laughs> um, so I finally I get to I get to live my dream here. Um, so we're just starting conversations right uh, this month and next month with teachers, parents, principals. Um, in getting, what? I, I, to get them to come in here to... Yep. So, yeah, to have discussions about what do they want from a theater. Um, we don't want to just start creating a bunch of classes and never having checked with a parent or a teacher, how can we be creating programming that's useful to you, that's something you want in your neighborhood. Um, so these have been really informative conversations about, um, you know, what do we want out of a summer camp? What do we want out of a, out of a field trip? Um, we've had really interesting um, back and forth with um, uh, with parents and now like Girl Scout troop leaders and church leaders, people who are interacting with, with young people on a regular and basis. I was born and raised in the Northwest side yeah. in this area. I know this area. I, got, I could tell you stories about the six corner. <laughs> but one thing I can tell you is it was the land of no culture. They don't know theater. They don't know performing arts. I didn't learn. I had to, thank God I had an uncle. You know, I had someone that took me to 
So it just didn't happen in the area. Yeah. And we've seen that exact same thing here where the people who are going to see theater are leaving the neighborhood, right? They're going downtown. They're going into the loop. They're going further east and the north side, um, which, of course, is wonderful. But you, the response that we've had from people saying we're so excited that there's something here in our neighborhood, we're so thrilled that there's something this high quality and world class happening just blocks from my house so that I don't necessarily have to cart into the middle of the city to see something of this quality. And parking is too easy. I'm looking out now on Milwaukee <laughs> Avenue and it's wide open. Yep. <laughs> it's one of the best possible things about it. <laughs> so part of Filament's mission and their plan is to have classes and activities for younger? What what kind of age group are you guys? I, I'm saying learners from 0 to 99. We want to have arts learning programs that include things like um, speakers coming in from universities. We've got a great relationship with Northwestern University thus far. Um, we'd like to yeah, go. you got a few Northwestern people <laughs> right. there. <laughs> um, you know, we want to make sure that our programming, our theater, our concerts are always a learning opportunity for somebody. And whether or not that's more traditional kind of classes for younger people or and we've had um, some great chats with neighborhood people who are really looking for programming, especially for um, older teenagers. Mm -hmm. um, that seems to be a real gap out here. Yes. Um, so that's, of course, something we want to be a part of. And we have so many teaching artists as part of our staff and our company that it seems like a giant mistake not to take advantage of yeah, that. Yeah, you guys, you, I mean, everybody in your ensemble uh, is capable of teaching classes. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, and we have uh, Christian and uh, and Julia, our artistic director, um, both have uh, education backgrounds as well. So this is a group of people who take teaching seriously, take learning seriously, um, and take theater seriously enough that we want to make sure that everybody has access to high-quality drama, whether it's at school or here. How far away are your programs starting uh, so I'm, uh, our hope is that we're going to have these conversations through the winter and then starting up in spring, we're in conversations to start doing some visits to schools, um, to do some visits maybe with Girl Scout troops, those sorts of things. Um, and then we'd love to have some full-blown programming uh, ready to go in the summertime. So part of it is going to be classes here and part of it is going to be taking um, a show to different places? Yep, yep. Oh, it's, it's all on the table right now. <laughs> yeah, taking a show or doing workshops, creating a show yep. with students, those kinds that, of things. That's needed. I know there's a few. I know Red Orchid's doing some of that, uh, but they all have limited facilities. So if everybody, if all of the progressive theater groups did that, we I think we'd cut we What a wonderful a world. This yeah, yeah no, I mean, really, we need that because... Uh, we know what the the audiences are are in a lot of theaters are older. We got to get the younger people in it, and I think if you get the kids started in it, where it's a part of their life and their culture, they'll they'll go the rest of their life. Absolutely, and and the nice thing that's happening is with these conversations is that really principals and teachers are not necessarily exposed to the best ways to find good programming for their students. A lot of times they're flipping open a book and just buying programming sight unseen because they suddenly have a thousand dollars and can do a field trip. The reason we're having these conversations is to say, let's talk about what high quality drama education is and how you can discern and be an educated consumer so that you're not just buying random programming for your students. Yeah, that, may, that makes sense. Yeah. And you're going to do it to the public schools and to the private schools. Yeah. Out, out in this area, you got some good uh, private schools. Yeah, absolutely. And we're and we're just really starting to develop a relationship with the archdiocese, with some of the, the Catholic schools in the area. This is obviously... What about the ethnic area out here? Because you have 
a fair amount of Polish mm-hmm. and uh, Mexican besides the, you know, Irish Catholics and <laughs> Polish Catholics. That's right. Yeah. Um, the the really our strategy thus far, and it's and it's been working like gangbusters, is to go person to person, right? So we have um, one of the the uh, board members at the Irish Heritage. Um, Center is on our board. Um, oh, that's we, terrific! Yeah, yeah, one of our our greatest theater supporters um, is uh, used to be at the Polish Heritage Center, Anna Sober. Um, we've had inroads with parents who are Polish speaking, Spanish speaking. Um, it's it's very person to person right now because there's no blankets. You know, come meet this entire ethnic group. You got to kind of start one on one, and that's been an amazing way to meet people and, and get to know. I would have never thought. That's true, and it's working. I mean, really, that's, that's brilliant. Half, you know, half of these things is the, is the strategy you go into it. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and thankfully, I mean, we as a company are about listening to people's stories, um, and that's a great way to start a relationship. Even if we're not necessarily speaking the same language, we don't have the same cultural background. Let's just start with our stories, and it's an instant ice. Well, your your six corners. Yeah, I was that was fantastic. Brought back a lot of memories and stories <laughs> that, that I had, and and I could re- I actually remember some of those stories. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's yeah, the yeah. crossing six corners. Yeah, that, that was they, terrific. It's a project where we interviewed people from the neighborhood to create a show about the neighborhood and then perform it back to them, and um, and we've actually just received funding from the Illinois Arts Council to continue to offer that for free to the community terrific. twice a year. Good. So you're going to bring that back. Have you brought back this interview? That that is that's excellent. Yeah, getting so you're starting to get some grants, huh? Yep, yep. The, I mean, um, Filament up until this point has had a great relationship with the Dree House Foundation, with Illinois Arts Council, um, with Alpha Wood, um, and thankfully we've kind of laid that base and sort of demonstrated to the donor community that this is a great investment. This is a group of people. well, that's impressive. As new as you guys are, yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. To have reached that point because I know a lot of theater companies have been around a long time and haven't anywhere near that. That's right. One of our big things now that we have this space has been growing our board because as a new company we were you know it was kind of the founders were the board of directors and this year we we now have 11 board members who are community members who are um, really excited about supporting this area in this theater and yeah the that's yeah that's a, yeah that is a key theater. thing yeah, that's that's good you put that in place because yeah. again theater companies with a progressive board you know, you need someone to get the people in and get yeah. the cash in. Absolutely. So, Peter, tell us about the space. Yeah, we're really excited about the space. It's a, it's a building that was built in 1939. It's a four-story building. Um, it was built originally as a furniture warehouse and showroom, um, part of the um, early mid part of the Art Deco period. So there's a lot of really interesting um, art uh, architectural features that are just sort of built into the space, including this beautiful rounded glass front. Yeah, that is unique. Mm-hmm. And so kind of the work that we've, we've done is we, we came into this space when basically in, the entirety of the building was 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 vacant, abandoned. Yeah, I remember that when you showed me that, first showed me the place it was. Yeah, but when, right when we came in and we were just totally inspired by the space because it's it's huge it's immense we have we're, we're dealing with over 4,000 square foot of space we have 16 plus right, to those theater people like me uh-huh. who don't 
know what 4,000 square feet. <laughs> How many, what's the maximum eventually when you do the build up that you yeah. could put a theater that seats how many well we're we're, we're look, looking to be rated towards 180 wow that is now see that yeah. says it that speaks to me <laughs> right because yeah. I've, I've gone enough of the smaller theaters now. <laughs> yeah. 180. and still have space right. left over and also the interesting part about this space is that it it's completely pillarless which if people follow sort of the ar architectural um, story of Chicago, a lot of buildings had pillars as part of the structural aspect of them. Mm -hmm. This this building was built to to sustain uh, huge amounts of weight. So the so the flooring is is poured concrete. It holds a, a great deal of weight, but it's completely pillarless, which is really exciting. And so yeah. our first project in here was to lay a, a sprung floor throughout the the length of the space and we've also installed a grid space so we're really working on creating one of the most flexible and enormous black box spaces in this that the city has which allows us for ultimate flexibility so our space will always be um, transformable depending on what sort of production or or programming we're doing same thing with your risers and your seats absolutely so we're working on different designs as far as creating uh, different modular setups about how we're going to do that. You know, and of course that is an um, immense expense. Riser, I don't know if anyone's priced out risers, but they're unbelievably expensive. But. <laughs> well, Christian, I know you're a dancer. How does this floor dance? It's it's great. I mean, that's this is why we put in the sprung floor so that we could have any anything happen in here and and really um, have dance shows have a dance you know ballet class can happen in here um, so whatever people want to do it's really because yeah, I because I know some people have made the mistake of getting a space that's only concrete and I guess after a while it really wears on your ankles and knees right once so much of just our performance is very physically based so just to have have that um, security you know that um, safety measure really beneath your feet uh so you're going to have one theater or, or could you have two theaters going on at one time well we do we do have a, a rehearsal space that's in on the the basement floor of this oh that's terrific so we'll be able to run yeah, classes down there during well programming's happening up here and, and it's that's about nine thousand square feet so it's Nine hundred. Uh, yeah. um, so it's a large space as well. Yeah, and it, it's, it is it available for other theater companies for rehearsals. Mm -hmm. yeah, great. And we're also we also have we will also have a kitchenette area where our artists will be able to prepare food, and so we'll be able to cut down on people's expenses and wastes of bringing. Um, you know, package things into the space. People will be able to prepare stuff on site. We also have a we'll have a a beautiful, comfortable um, dressing room that will be available to our artists, and really working on providing uh, beautiful and comfortable amenities for the people that work here, the people that come here, the people that just visiting. Okay. At what point you said there's several phases to your uh, to your build out? Where are you? Uh, where are you now? 
So I would say we're, we're still in phase one of our build out. We said that the, our original goal for um, fundraising that phase is $75,000. We're $60,490 in. This was so, so close. So you could use another $25,000. <laughs> we absolutely could. <laughs> and, uh, and the great thing that's been happening is that throughout the Snow Queen and really throughout the past year over concerts and storytelling nights, um, this, the neighborhood has been incredibly generous, whether it's a dollar or five dollars or ten dollars and now we're really starting to see some of those larger generous gifts come in um, from so if somebody wanted to donate how would they do that they could they could do it so many ways okay. um, <laughs> a little commercial I'll, I'll tell you why I I, uh, I don't do this often but uh, I'm impressed with what you guys do and and it needs to be you know we need to get the word out and if I can do a little thing part of it is sorry folks but I always let them have a little commercial for a show, <laughs> but for a space, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So how would they do it? So, right, if you want to invest in Filament Theater, which is an investment in a community space, a community-based theater group, um, it's it's an investment in the northwest side of Chicago, you can go to our website, www.filamenttheater.org, um, and on there, there's a big, big clickable button that says the build out campaign and you can learn all about where we are, um, different re rewards we have for um, level of donations. Um, all that information is on there, including my email, which is J-A-C-K-I-E, Jackie, at filamenttheater.org. Um, I can answer any questions regarding donations. Um, you can certainly always drop by the theater, 4041 North Milwaukee. We'd love to see you. We'd love to... They could send you an email. If, yep. if somebody was interested and wanted to take a little tour, you know, was interested in, Absolutely. you know, writing a check, you'll yep. you accommodate them, huh? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, is that we intended on um, being present in this space, right? So this doesn't sit as an empty storefront. Um, so we're here a lot of the time um, and we make ourselves available for anybody who wants to come in, look at the space, learn about the theater. Um, we are readily available. Um, so there are, you know, the website, me, you can get in touch with Peter or Christian or any member of the company um, and, and let us know how you'd like to be involved, how you'd like to support us. Aren't you, Peter, aren't you planning in the front here where kind of where we're sitting having like a little you know coffee shop or uh uh some some sort of a meeting space well, we, for people. we will have a a gathering space in the front which will i mean because the space is so flexible and so open um it, it sort of becomes uh, um it becomes a lobby like space depending on the how we set up the space but we will have concessions we will have a bar which uh are our eventual goal is to be able to provide coffee and and beer and wine and have those types of things available, as well as a. You know, a is there going to be a seven day a week kind of place that people could come? Uh, I Even when I mean, there's not a performance going on, let's say. I think the space will the space will be open and active seven days a week. As far as as far as how exactly we're going to be. Um, managing that aspect of it is something that we're still working out a little bit as, as we're moving along. And, and I'm sure it's going to vary based on a lot of your programs. Absolutely, but certainly those things will be available during all of our performances. Well, that's great because it becomes, it becomes a, an arts uh, center. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and with, with the National Veterans Art Museum on the second floor and Inside Out Art Studio on the third floor, it really is an arts center, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, you've got a lot of activities. And I... 
And I, uh, I'm sure. How are the politicians helping the aldermen and so forth? Because I know they're trying to revive this this six corners area. Absolutely. So um, we are deeply in debt and in gratitude to our alderman John Arena of the 45th Ward. Um, John is very progressive, and he's in his understanding of how the arts are an economic driver. Um, he understands that a block like this, we're we're sitting across from the old Porridge Park movie theater. Um, this block is. Um, revitalizing right right now we're kind of right in the midst of it and he sort of understands that to make an area vibrant you have to include the arts and culture you have to have restaurants and theaters and movie theaters and everything like that um, so he is actively working on filling these storefronts finding the best people who are going to be great neighbors great business owners um, and people who are going to do things like support an arts community center in their on their block and in their neighborhood well, that's true because I've I've read studies. You know, they've done major studies downtown. They they can wicked what the kind of money wicked brought in in three years they were there, et cetera. Yep. Uh, that's good that you have a progressive young alderman who understands that 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 will help because that's what it's going to take. Yeah. And there are there's plans for two restaurants to be right across the street from us that are opening up. There's a frozen yogurt shop opening up. Um, there's all sorts of this. This block is is um, is coming to life, and it's very exciting to be a part of that. And they have credited some of the restaurant owners have credited Filament as a key reason for why they want to be on this block. Good. Make sure they buy uh, ads in your program. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were lucky enough. Uh, the alderman hosted a uh, a party, a fundraiser in the fall, um, and we were uh, happy to host the governor actually, um, who we know has been um, uh, vocal in his support of the arts. But oh yes, comes, I see him at shows a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So and and he is another person who um, has sort of been on the ground in terms of understanding how young groups need support, how the Illinois Arts Council, how different um, state you know, groups can be supportive of us as opposed to throwing up roadblocks and making it difficult to be a small business owner. Um, and we would be thrilled if uh, kind of more politicians took on the John and the governor's position. So you wouldn't be against uh, the mayor paying a visit. <laughs> oh, He's oh, another one he goes to a lot. Of, he does go to a he lot does. of theater. He yeah. does. Yeah. All right, so programs. What what plays you got coming up, or what's what's the film it's got? I heard about something coming up that Luke was telling me about. What's well, so our next yeah. So Filament has recently taken on our acting company. We've hired six actors to work with us through the whole year. And acting these, company. Mm -hmm, right. Yep, and it's six actors, and we're going to develop new work with them as well as collaborate with them to choose. Um, plays to to produce so that this community will get used to seeing our actors these actors through the you're, whole year. You're moving toward an ensemble base, exactly. And we really need idea. that because Remy Bumpo is about the only one that that really does that mm -hmm. in yeah. Chicago. And we we all like people like that. And there's a there's a level of of art that happens with that when when you know each other so well and there's a trust factor. Yeah. Exactly. So we're right now we're in talks with our acting company about what we're going to do next, basically, and what... Can you tell I, me who they, who's members of it? Yeah, absolutely. So we have, it's myself, okay. Christian Libinati. Uh, we have Mara Dale. Okay. We have Nathan Drackett. We have Lindsay Dorcas. We have J um, Andrew Marchetti. And we have Molly Bunder. 
This guy's not <laughs> Peter Oilo. <laughs> Peter Oilo is, is of course he's pretty he's well booked, isn't he? Right, he's, he's very booked. hard to book. Yeah. So, but so we'll be rolling those um, shows, shows out in seasons. Meanwhile, we're doing a, a concert that Peter Oilo will be uh, performing. When's that? Uh, February fifteenth. We're going to be doing a concert. Always uh, let me know those ahead of time. So <laughs> uh, Ryan Westwood, who is one of our actors in The Snow Queen, is going to be doing a concert. Ben Kemper, who is a storyteller, is going to be doing a night of storytelling. And then in the spring, we will announce our spring season. And then for the summer, we'll announce our summer season. And our big, the, the show that we do know and, and can tell you right now that we're doing is Monster in the Hall which will be a certainly a Chicago premiere. Yeah, Luke was telling me about that. That yeah. sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's David Gregg is the playwright, and he's a Scottish playwright. And the show was actually originally done with the National Theatre of Scotland. Terrific. So I, think it might, I think it's only the second production that's ever been in the United States of the show. And I think it. I think people are. I mean, people in Chicago will know his work from Yellow Moon up at Writers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and the strange undoing of Prudencia Hart at yeah, Chicago exactly. Shakespeare. Yeah. So I very, saw that. very interesting, Opalosian. smart. Yeah, he is. He's, theater. It's it's really it's a really really beautiful storytelling model of, of how it, how it un, unravels as a piece. So you guys just have those few months to kind of get all this. Built out. <laughs> well, one of, of the one of the things we're hoping to do um, with this sort of uh, different system of announcing, we're not announcing a season in the same way that many theaters do by sort of following a school schedule, um, where you announce for September through mm-hmm. May. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, we're going to be announcing winter and then spring and then summer and then fall. One, it gives us the flexibility to do new works, to try new things, um, to to you know do a sort of single weekend model. Um, as well as gives us the opportunity to give this neighborhood options, right? So if they don't necessarily want to come to one thing, they can come to another, and they're not locked into a nine-week program that they just have no interest in seeing. Um, and and we sort of take this model seriously as it's like a farmer's market, right? What's ever in season and fresh and ready to go, that's mm-hmm. what's out front. <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys are in a plan to be artistic, to be inclusive, and you're aware of the business aspect of it, which, again, has been fatal to a lot of theater companies. You know, they get into a space and, and then they have all the dark time and they, and they produce a few shows that no one wants to see and then, and then they're gone. Yeah, it's, we're gonna, we're definitely going to be active year-round and people are always going to find new and interesting things that they can get involved with here. You know, and, and we'll have such a ver- variety of programming from plays to concerts to dance events to storytelling to art exhibit can other theater companies uh, approach you guys about rentals yeah i've just this week i've met with i think six different theater companies who are good. interested they're in crying everybody's space. crying for a good space and and at a reasonable rate because uh, yep. over east maybe there's certain advantages but the prices i don't see how some theater companies can even break even with the rentals. Well, and we're thrilled to have other theater companies in our space and we um we're excited to share their shows with our community as well so when we want to produce or host or present these shows that we really believe in and want uh, that we would support 
and want to add Plus, you'll to bring the people from over east that are, you know, the theater building people and all that will come out here and say, hey, there's, this is worth the ride. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, already we have uh, Buzz 22 is rehearsing currently for their, their current show, which is Ghost Bike. The House Theater is gonna, is gonna has already been rehearsing in here and starts for their next show uh, in a couple weeks. They're rehearsing here, so we have lots of lots of activity going on in the building. Great. So this your the Snow Queen runs till when? Through February 9th. And they should go to your site for constant. Uh, do you have a newsletter that they can subscribe to if they want to be on your list to, to know where these activities yeah, are coming? Yeah, absolutely. We have a, an email sign up right on the on the website so people can sign up through there. And they, of course, they can always contact any of us, and we're happy to give them information or put them on lists. They can also like us on Facebook, which is a great way to hear yes. about little secret insider things mm-hmm. that are happening on Facebook That's constantly. <laughs> well, and I have some recommendations for some shows of it. Not, <laughs> not for this, but... No, you don't say. Uh, but uh, a space like this, I, uh, you guys are going to be really in demand. As soon as it's built out, people come and see that they can, they can do 50, 60, they can do 150. We should throw out real quickly that John Morris is our architect who designed Steppenwolf, Looking Glass, Old Town School of Folk Music, um, Black and Ensemble, Black Ensemble Theater. Um, wow, he's store, the best. I mean, Black Ensemble—they're all—they're all, but Black Ensemble is really, really. It's actually yeah. the, the conversations that we've had with him and his team have just actually been some of the most enjoyable conversations that I've that I've been a part of all year. It's just, it's true collaboration and true um, sharing and everyone's excited and he's excited because it's, it's a different scale of project that he's worked on, you know, and, and he, he loves that as an artist. And that's, that's the fun thing. Cause he is an artist and it's like, the yeah, architects are absolutely our artists. Sure. And any architect's going to be thrilled about this space because it's, I mean, the building is amazing. Yeah, it is. Well, folks get out to filament theater Send them a check. Help them out. We got to keep, no, seriously, we have to keep aggressive, creative groups going. And and the payoff will be many, many good nights of, uh, of entertainment and art. And remember, go see a play this week. Thank you for listening.